Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Huddle. We are here after a little bit of a hiatus. You know how it is with the football offseason taking place, with March Madness taking place. Uh, we just decided to do our own thing for a little bit, focus on our own individual stuff. But we are back because you know what's back this week? Football. The NFL draft is here. And it's crazy because I feel like this draft snuck up on us so quickly. The season ended. The, the Super Bowl doesn't feel like that long ago. And now, a year after we had a historical draft, when we had Roger Goodell announcing picks from his living room sitting on his couch, we are going to have the big-time semi-normal draft, and we are here for another episode of In the Huddle, introducing my guy, The Real Will. How are we doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm just glad to be back here in the huddle, man. It's been a minute. And, you know, when we do these shows constantly, we kind of get used to it, and we don't realize, we don't sit back and think like, yo... This was fun. Like, it it, ha- it takes a hiatus for you to realize how fun it is to get on this mic and chop it up with you. And Kenny C, obviously, Kenny C is not on today. He will be back soon. But it takes that little hiatus to get the flowing, to get the everything flowing and make be like, listen, this is why we did this show. So I'm glad to be here again for episode 96 with 100 on the way. Absolutely, man. There are so many different things to talk about, and this is why we are recording this episode today. Not only is the NFL draft coming up this Thursday, which is a very important event that we're going to want to get into, but Will, I just feel like there are so many different topics that we could be talking about just from things that happened in the last 48 hours, let alone the last couple weeks. So let's get right into it. And there was a report that dropped last night by NFL Network's Ian Rappaport that the 49ers have narrowed their selection with the number three pick to two people, either Trey Lance or Mac Jones. And when we look at the San Francisco 49ers, Will, this is an interesting team because this is a team that originally, they did not have the number three pick. They traded up and gave up a lot to get that number three pick. So I'm going to throw it over to you, my guy. What did you think of San Francisco making that trade? Because for me, it clearly told me, okay, they're taking a quarterback. And what quarterback would you take if you were them? Well, it just shows you that they don't believe in Jimmy G. You know, they don't believe in him. Uh, Me personally, that's a dicey situation that we can go into another day because he did get them to the Super Bowl. And after that, he was injured. So it shows that they're not, you know, they don't believe in him and that they want to take a quarterback at number three. Why else would they move up? So they will take a quarterback, and the report is that they narrowed the options to Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Me personally, who would I take? I don't know if they ever heard of a quarterback named Justin Fields because that would have been the guy I took. I don't know why his stock continues to drop each day, but, you know, it's the NFL. There's quarterbacks each year that, you know, drops that I think should go earlier in the draft. It happens each year. Justin Fields is that guy whose stock is dropping for whatever reason. You know, there's a lot of politics behind that. But, you know, we can save that for another day. But between those two options, if you're telling me choose between Trey Lance and Mac Jones, I'm going to go Trey Lance. Me personally, I think Mac Jones is probably one of the most overrated quarterbacks I have seen in recent memory um, coming out of college. Because, look, say what you want. I know... He had a good year statistically, probably the best college football season, probably outdoing Joe Burrow. Yeah, I get it. But the system, the offensive system, Nick Saban, the weapons, I mean, I could have threw for as much yours as Mac Jones. So with Mac Jones, for me, this is a league right now where you have mobile quarterbacks. Before, back then, back in the day, Mac Jones would be a plus for any team. 
But that's not back in the day. The game has changed. The tempo has changed. You know, when it's a mobile quarterback that's actually getting the job done, unless your name is Tom Brady with experience. So me personally, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I would say that whoever he decides to go with, that's his choice because he's the one that's bringing the offense to the quarterback, not the quarterback bringing his skill set to the offense. He's taking the offense and he's saying, you know what? I'm going to play to your strengths, but I'm bringing this offense here. And you're going to have the best side in the football, the best supporting, one of the best supporting casts in football, and a good offensive line. So if he wants to go with Mac Jones, knock yourself out because it's his system. But why not have a guy that can move, be mobile, create within that system, which will add another dynamic to that system? Yeah, dude. So a lot of really good points there. One thing I will say is right off the bat, I think that when you mentioned that with this trade, the 49ers uh, long term don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. I agree with that. But I think the key is long term. Like, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be uh, the 49ers starting quarterback this year, no matter who they draft, you know, uh, whether it's Lance, whether uh, it's Mac Jones. But at the same time, I think when we are comparing these quarterbacks, what we have to do is really dig deep and evaluate because, well, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard that it was uh, a serious uh, possibility that the 49ers might actually take Mac Jones, I had the same uh, response as you. I was like, what? Like, he was good, but like, you know, that offense was pretty good too. And there was never really a time where I watched an Alabama game and I was like, wow, okay, Mac Jones is the reason why they're winning. There was never really a time where I watched an Alabama game and had that opinion. But at the same time, when you look at some of these quarterbacks, Trey Lance has his flaws too. He didn't play last year basically at all. He played at North Dakota State, and we know the last quarterback that went in the top five to come out of North Dakota State, that hasn't really worked out uh, with Carson Wentz. So Trey Lance has his concerns too. I would personally take Justin Fields. I would take him for the Jets, but at the same time, for whatever reason, his stock is dropping. So Mac Jones, I think, might just be for San Francisco's system, the better fit than Trey Lentz. Because when you mentioned the 49ers and their supporting cast, I agree with you 100%. I think 2-53, to 53, besides QB1, that team is good enough to win a Super Bowl. I, I really believe that. So I think that Kyle Shanahan is going to draft the quarterback that he thinks fits the best in that system because when you draft a guy like mac jones i don't think you're relying on him to be you know a patrick mahomes type to just carry the offense for you in order for that pick to work out you need him to be kind of like the guy he was at bama obviously not as much in the nfl he's gonna have to make more plays but at the same time i think that there's a real possibility san francisco does take mac jones i really do yeah i mean i think that's what they're going to end up going with I don't believe that that's the guy they, sh they should go with. But uh, Mac Jones, if he is put in that situation, it's going to be one of those situations where in the beginning, people's going to be like, yeah, well, you don't know your quarterbacks, even though my track record with quarterbacks, I've been on the money. It's going to look like I, I lost my first, you know, my first bet when it comes to quarterbacks. Okay, I'll take the L in the beginning. You got to take an L to get a W at some point. But at some point, when the 49ers have all that talent, and they can't make a deep playoff run, it's going to show that, look, Mac Jones, he was able to win a couple games, but can he win the big oh, Let me ask you this, though. Demi Garoppolo's the same way. Right. Let me ask you this. If San Francisco could get to a Super Bowl and come very close to winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback, do you think that 
in like four or five years, maybe Mac Jones could be better than Jimmy Garoppolo was? Because I think you would agree. It, Jimmy it Garoppolo is not the reason why San Francisco got to that Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Well, it all depends. I, Zach, we can actually have this dialogue right now, to be honest with you, because Jimmy, what was the 49ers before Jimmy G? So if we wanted to bring up stats and, and all the, you know, where was so-and-so before, where was Jimmy G? I mean, what was the 49ers before Jimmy G got there? It wasn't good. And when Jimmy G got over there, they were 5-0. And, and then he lost a couple games the next year. But here's the hurt, problem. But and here's then they the made problem. the Super Bowl one. Since that, right. But, but here's the only thing you've forgotten, though, dude. When you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, I, I think Jimmy G, he physically, he looks like it. And they're like, most of the time when I watch him on the field, like, I think he's good enough to be a starting quarterback in this league, no doubt. My problem is, dude, I think the fact that Jimmy G only played in four or five games last year, that just really does not give me much confidence going forward. And when you compare, when you add the torn ACL to that, I think Kyle Shanahan is going to want to draft and develop his own guy. I mean, last year it's hard to really knock anybody for getting hurt. Remember, the 49ers, Jimmy G wasn't the only injury on that team. They had a whole, you know, crazy outburst of uh, the, the problem uh, injuries. Is, well, the problem is when, when, you, when you've only played 20 games in three years, it's hard for me to trust you as my starting quarterback for the future. I mean, look, I don't mind them drafting a quarterback to give Jimmy G that extra push or to basically have Jimmy G as a placeholder. I don't mind that at all, Zach. We on the same page. They could do that. But is Mac Jones, I mean, personally, I'm not looking at Mac Jones as, oh, he's just odds on better than Jimmy G. I don't believe in Mac Jones. So that's why I think that the 49ers is probably safer with staying with Jimmy G compared to a Mac Jones. But my thing here is if you can get a guy with some upside, Shoei Lance is a guy that he may not be the safest pick, but he sure has the high upside because if he turns out to be that playmaker, that guy that can sit there in the pocket and make the throws and have that little speed that gives you a version of like a Lamar, then that's the upside. Then that's the guy that you plug in into that system, whereas, yeah, everything is opening up for him as a passer, but he can also get you that first down when the pocket breaks down. So if you're not going that route, you, and you're going for another pocket passer. I just don't know how Mac Jones, you know, how much of a greater step up is Mac Jones compared to Jimmy G, is what I'm saying. Hey! Yes, sir. So let's stay in the conversation of quarterbacks because there has actually been another team in the news of late, and that is the New England Patriots, who have been rumored that they may be trading up for a quarterback, and most likely that quarterback would be Justin Fields. So I'll start this one off, Will. I got to say, man, I think this would be a perfect move for the Patriots because there are no clear answers right now at quarterback in New England because, look, I love Cam Newton. I have called him the best running quarterback I've ever seen, and he's had a phenomenal career. But at the same time, I think last year just proved to us that Cam Newton at this point in his career is a high-level backup, maybe a low-level starter. And if you're New England, a team that, let's face facts, they have to win games this year, man. After Tom Brady and Tampa Bay won that Super Bowl, they're going to want to have a big season. Bill Belichick is going to want to get out and prove to everyone that he's still the GOAT in terms of coaches. So it's a big season for them. And um, if they draft Justin Fields, is he going to be the starter from day one? Who knows? We'll see what happens in camp. But at the same time, I think we're starting to see the trend 
in the NFL becoming, if you become aggressive, whether it's on the field or off the field, that's how you win. And New England, when they won all their Super Bowls, they were using the opposite approach, cutting guys a year early uh, than a year late. And they could do that because they had the GOAT quarterback. But they can't do that anymore. New England is now in the same uh, path as every other team, and they learned that the hard way last year. I think last year, Bill Belichick just came into the season expecting his coaching to get the job done. But, hey, if they like Justin Fields, take him and develop a quarterback. I'm, a, I'm 100% on board with you. I think the Patriots have realized that, look, we can do our own thing, have our own philosophy all we want, and that's cool. But at some point, we got to get with the program, you know, because at the end of the day, we have to compete. You know, and I think last year, like you alluded to, Bill Belichick thought that he was just going to pull out some Bill Belichick magic like he does every year, and it was all going to work. But you didn't have the go to bail you out of these situations that you put yourself in by not paying guys, by letting guys walk. So they really got a hard dose of that. I think Bill Belichick didn't like being at home watching Tom Brady win the Super Bowl. And so he came out on a spending, uh, spending spree doing NFL free agency. I mean, they was like, the hell with the money. I'll figure that out later. We're going to get guys in, plug into the offense, and we're going to be on paper a way better team than we were last year, even though we went 7-9. and nine. So you flip that, turn that into this year, they can definitely make a deep playoff one. I think the Patriots can. But as regards, in regards to the quarterback and taking a quarterback, I think they should because Cam Newton is not going to be the long-term answer. He may be somebody that you plug in this year and start. You have weapons and see how it goes, but I don't think it's going to get you that far, and I don't think it's going to get you far in the future. You need to have that quarterback of the future, and if Justin Fields, for whatever reason, like I keep saying, I don't know why, if his stock is dropping, you can potentially trade up into the top 10 and draft the guy, then you go right ahead and you do it. And if he doesn't start this year, you have Cam Newton, that's not a bad fallback option. Have Cam Newton start off for – you know, based on how his performance is, maybe the season, maybe half the season, and you throw in Justin Fields out here. Look, I think Justin Fields is the safest bet of any quarterback in this draft other than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence gives you two things. He gives you the safest bet and the higher upside. Trey Lyles gives you the high upside. Zach Wilson gives you the high upside. But within the high upside, there is something called a bust and risk, which is, I believe, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson is high upside but risk. Very risky. Justin Fields is safe. I believe with his skill sets, being able to throw the ball down the field, a nice strong arm, being able to roll out and throw the ball on a dime, his physical strengths, he is, his skill set fits today's football. And I believe if you get a guy like Justin Fields, along with the talent that you got on that team, a Nelson Aguilar, a Hunter Henry, a John New Smith, two tight end sets like you did back in the day with Tom Brady, and once again, we in a mobile ever of quarterbacks. You got to be mobile. He can be able to create. I think this is a match made in heaven. And if you're the Patriots and you're able to trade up to get him, you do that. Yeah, dude, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do, because here's another thing we have to factor in, my guy. Look at this AFC East and very slowly what's happening in this division. You remember, Will, uh, when you were supporting the Patriots, it was the Patriots and everybody else, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills. We couldn't do anything. None of those teams could ever uh, sniff a division title. But now the AFC East very slowly is becoming one of the best divisions in football. When you look at what Buffalo has done, when you look at Miami with their building, I think New England's going to be improved. And Zach Wilson and Robert Sala, that era is going to be starting up in New York. Uh, we'll see. So 
I think when you look at this division, you're going to need a star to go into big time games with that. If you make a coaching mistake, he could bail you out. And I think, as you said, if Justin Fields does fall to New England, they have to trade up because there was a time when Justin Fields was the con- uh, consensus number two pick behind Trevor Lawrence. So then, I agree, man. Was, we'll see what happens. And there was even some talk, some chatter about when they beat Clemson that, uh-oh, Justin Fields may be a sneaky number one option, you know, number one pick. So I don't know. Like I said, I it, it continues to baffle my mind. That within that time, his stock keeps on dropping. I believe it's politics, like I said. But if you're the Patriots, looking at Cam Newton here, I do want to see Cam Newton have a roster around him, too. I'm not saying that Cam Newton is the same guy that he was when he won an MVP and got to the Super Bowl. He's clearly not looking at him on the film. But I do want to see him with weapons. You know, it's one thing to lose a, a few steps. He obviously was injured. But there's another thing to have no talent around you, you know, especially when the previous quarterback that was there, the GOAT Tom Brady, looked like a shell of himself before you. So I do want to see what Cam Newton looks like with weapons around him to actually throw the ball to and help him out. But I do think the Patriots also need to not put their eggs in one basket and to draft a quarterback like a Justin Fields to be that quarterback of the future. Yeah, I'll say this, my guy. I think that um, if I'm New England, I draft Fields, and then I go into camp having him and Cam in an open competition. If you want to be the starting quarterback, go get the job. That's that's what I would do because you need that competitive atmosphere. Last year, Bill Belichick could have told us all he wanted, that, oh, Jared Stidham uh, had a legitimate shot to win the job, but Cam Newton just beat him out. No, we all knew as, uh, <laughs> as soon as Cam was signing that he was going to be under center. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in New England. And – I think when you look at New England, this is a team that, let's face the facts, they had a pretty disappointing season last year. And they're just, they're too well of a run organization to do that two years in a row. And look, they spent a lot of money this offseason. It's funny because as much money as they've spent, I think that some football fans are going to look at it and say like, oh, how much better did they necessarily get? But if they cap this off by drafting a quarterback and that quarterback comes on to become their next franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, then we're going to look at this offseason uh, very closely uh, down the road in Newton. Because there was actually a trade that went down this past weekend in the NFL. And, Will, this is another reason why I love the draft. Because I feel like every year leading up to the draft, we get one of these, right? We get one of these big-time trades. Uh, I remember a couple years ago it was Odell Beckham. I think Frank Clark got traded a couple years ago. We've had a lot of these big pre-draft trades. But this one stood out to me in a specific way because the Baltimore Ravens traded Orlando Brown, the former Oklahoma Sooner. He's had a very successful career so far, and he is about to hit free agency. So Baltimore sends him to the chiefs and we know will that the chiefs, they needed to address that offensive line after what happened in the Super Bowl. The reason why Tampa Bay won that game was because their ability of that defense to bust uh, that game wide open and force the turnovers, but they get, a guy from their arch rival. I'm confused why Baltimore would do this. I'm just as confused as you, Zach. I don't know what the hell the Ravens are doing. The Chiefs last year, we all know what happened in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was wondering for his life, basically playing Frisbee out there on the football field, just launching the ball up. Wonder for his life. Okay, cool. 
we get to a season where the cap with the salary cap is a big problem in the NFL. Guys are releasing their best players and you know, key positional starters, no matter what the position is. You know, you see a lot of guys get cut from the Bears. Kyle Filler was one of them dudes, and for the Chiefs, it was their star tackles that they let go. They let go two of their tackles. And I remember waking up in the morning, like, uh oh, yeah, the Chiefs is done because you do need an offensive line. I don't care what quarterback you have, I don't care what wide receiver skill positions you have, you need an offensive line. Okay, cool. But then you basically give away one of your star tackles to the Kansas City Chiefs to help them reload. This is a team that, as far as I'm concerned, maybe I was slept, maybe I was sleeping and I woke up in the year 2030, but these people, this is a team that won the championship two years ago and got to a Super Bowl last year. So I don't understand what goes into the mindset of trading that player to your arch rival to help them get better so they can beat you. You know, that's like me, you know, going to a, you know, going with a knife to a gunfight and I give you the knife and you already have the gun. How the hell am I supposed to battle? You know, I'm going to lose, obviously. So I think it's one of those situations with the Ravens that they're going to regret it um, sooner rather than later. And the Chiefs, they, once again, they reloaded. They, they still that team that they, you got to beat the Chiefs. The, the Ravens hasn't, has not shown me the urge to go into Arrowhead or even stay at home and beat the Chiefs. No matter if it's, no matter if it's at Arrowhead or no matter if it's at MT, M&T Bank Stadium, they still haven't shown me that they can go up against the Chiefs. And now you just help the Chiefs reload to beat you. I'm scratching my head here. Okay, so here's my thing. If you remember, Baltimore had some bad, bad luck with their offensive line within the last two years because with uh, Marshall Yander retiring, one of the best guards in the history of football, plus when you look at uh, the left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, they paid into a big, big contract. And then literally the next game, he tears his ACL out for the season. And this is where the problem came in with Orlando Brown. He filled in for Ronnie Stanley last year at left tackle, and he did a really good job. And he did such a good job when, uh, that he had some leverage with his contract uh, coming off the books uh, this offseason. So he told the Ravens, like, I want to play left tackle. But the Ravens were like, no, we just paid our left tackle. So I don't blame Baltimore for trading Orlando Brown. My issue is that they traded him to the Chiefs. As you said, the Ravens haven't shown us any ability to beat Kansas City or even beat Kansas City's number one threat. I mean, if you ask most football fans right now, who is the Chiefs' number one threat in the AFC next year? I don't think most people are saying Baltimore. I think Buffalo would be a trendy pick. Cleveland maybe would be a trendy pick. Uh, there are some other teams in there as well. I think Baltimore would be in the conversation. But this is a make-or-break year for Baltimore. They have to succeed in the playoffs. And, look, I understand that leading up to the draft, these are decisions. It's business that has to be done. But you're telling me – like, this is the kind of trade that – I would have taken less from another team just to keep him out of Kansas City's hands. Yeah, and that's one thing that you have to uh, evaluate. You know, you have to think from all sides here. You know, I know, I guess you can say their logic is get the best in return for a certain player. But that logic applies in certain situations. Maybe most situations you can argue. But when you're going up against a team like Kansas City, you got to treat Kansas City differently. This is not a team that is one of your regular teams that's, you know, good. And, and, you know, you could be able to have a certain formula to beat them. Kansas City is a team that you have to play deep, um, differently, whether it's schematically, 
you have to play them differently. You cannot, you know, before people used to say, run the football and keep Mahomes on the bench. Yeah, run the football, keep Mahomes on the bench, but score points and stop him. So the, Kansas City is a team that you can't, you know, do the same thing that you do before. So maybe you want to get the best in return for that guy. But in this situation, you probably should have wanna, you probably wanted to take less and just keep him out of Kansas City. Absolutely, man. Because once again, this is just such an important season for Baltimore. And I understand, like, if you want to replace him on the offensive line, that's fine. You have a late draft pick. There are going to be plenty of good offensive tackles uh, in uh, the, the first round for Baltimore to possibly get. But yeah, just a baffling decision to trade him to your arch rival that has came out of the AFC the last two years. And let's face the facts, bro. Like, Baltimore, does anyone have confidence that they're going to be representing the AFC in the Super Bowl next year? Because in order for next season to be a success, I think that's the goal, right? Yeah. I mean, look, I was the fool that said that he was coming out of the AFC last year. I'm not going that way. You're not the only one, bro. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is. I think Buffalo and Cleveland gives Kansas City the best chance. And even that is an understatement. I don't even think, you know, the Browns, I still got to see Baker Mayfield take that next step. I think he took a step getting his playoff experience and actually playing hard in that game, playing pretty well in that game. Let's see if he builds um, on that or he goes back to his old ways. And I just think that the, the, the Bills is not physical enough to dominate in the trenches against Kansas City. So even though Josh Allen may put up video game numbers like he did last year, I still think the Chiefs are the odds-on favorite to come out of the AFC. But until that proven otherwise, I'm going to just say it like that. They're coming out the AFC this year. Absolutely. I agree. And let's keep up this conversation uh, with the draft. Let's go to quarterbacks. And more specifically, there is one team that I wanted to talk about with you, Will, and that team is the Denver Broncos. And it's funny because it doesn't seem like that long ago that Peyton Manning was about to retire and they're beating Carolina in the Super Bowl. But it very slowly has been five years since that Super Bowl. And John Elway still has not found his quarterback, which is a problem. I think Drew Locke is a pro. I think he's somewhere between the 32nd to the 35th best quarterback in the league. But Denver, if I'm them, look at the AFC West, bro. Kansas City and Mahomes. Justin Herbert and the Chargers. We know what they're building and what that offense could do. And Derek Carr is really good. And the Raiders could score points. You know, we don't know if they could stop anyone, but they could score points. If you're Denver, I look at this roster outside of quarterback, kind of in a similar way to San Francisco, minus my confidence in the coach. And I think this roster could be really good. I really do. I love uh, Jerry Judy, and I understand his rookie season was a little disappointing. But at the same time, I think with a better quarterback, that could improve. I like Noah Fant. I like uh, some of the pieces on that defense. Hopefully Von Miller will be back on the field and ready to go. I think if I'm Denver, uh, I'm really trying to trade up for Justin Fields, man. I think it could be a race between Denver and New England to see who's willing to give up more for Fields. Yeah, look, if you're the, the Denver Broncos, you should obviously entertain the fact of moving up. If you're John Elway, this is a big draft for you. You was the quarterback of the Broncos that won championships. You're supposed to know what to do at quarterback. If there's any position that we assumed that you was going to get right, by now it would have been quarterback. And outside of Peyton Manning, who you got, via free agency, I haven't seen John Elway draft properly at the quarterback position by now. You had not, guys like uh, not only Paxton. Is he not drafted, yeah, not, like, you know all the names, bro. The, like, not only have they they've been bad, they've been terrible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Paxton, Tebow, the list goes on. Osweiler. These guys were not, you know, guys that literally can play anywhere and win. 
So this is a big draft for John Elway. I like the Denver Broncos. This was a team that I was a little bit too quick to say that they was going to win the division last year. I did say Kansas City was going to win, but I did think that the Broncos would have been right, you know, right up there because I like what they had as an all-around team. And this year, when you think about free agency and what they added to that defense, like, yeah, offensively, you partially got into it, but defensively, this is a team that could be a top three defense in the league this year. Getting a guy like Kyle Fuller off of um the um the Bears, you had you got him, you got Justin Simmons, you also got Kareem Jackson, you got Von Miller. You still can't forget about him. This is a team that can stop Patrick Mahomes or tame Patrick Mahomes, if that makes sense. You could tame Patrick Mahomes, slow them down, but can you put up points on the other side? This is the same team that gave the Kansas City Chiefs a run on Sunday Night Football last year, but had Drew Locke made the necessary throws that we expect him to make, being a quarterback in the NFL, they couldn't get the job done. So I do think they need a quarterback because outside of quarterback, wide receivers, they good. They got the tight end. You know, they have the defense. They have the team that can actually be one of those teams that didn't make the playoffs that we see every year. That one team that didn't make the playoffs and actually win a division within a matter of a couple months. That could be this Denver team. But John Elway needs to get his act together and get it right at the quarterback position. It's almost like when uh, when you look at Denver, right? I agree. As I said, I'm comparing them to San Francisco. I think 2-53, to 53, uh, that team is good enough to win games. And it's almost like a similar position to the Indianapolis Colts and what they were doing last year. Because even though Phillip Rivers was good enough to get them to the playoffs, if you remember – Buffalo just won that game because Josh Allen was the significantly better quarterback than Phillip Rivers. He just was able to make more plays. And Indianapolis, they got a quarterback that who knows if he's going to be any good or not, but he does have some um, a high ceiling. And the Colts are paying him a lot of money. I think that if you have a roster like Denver with no quarterback, no matter how much talent you have on your defense and skill positions, you're wasting that without a quarterback. And Let's not forget about their coach, too. Vic Fangio, he has to win or else he's getting fired after this year. Yeah, definitely. And um, look, man, if you're the Broncos, I, like I said, you and New England should be one of those two teams that moves up and try to get you a quarterback. You know, I, I'm pretty sure they wanted Deshaun Watson as well. But with the allegations with Deshaun Watson, I ain't touching that. I know they ain't touching that. So you have to go up and you have to drive a quarterback. You know, if there was a team that should have that should have moved up to that number three slot outside of the 49ers, they should have been the Broncos. You know, that should have been a team that moved up to get a quarterback because they need one. Drew Locke had his fair shares of opportunities, you know. And I know I've been very vocal on the record saying that these days coaches and GMs don't have patience with quarterbacks. Yeah, that's true. But Drew Locke had his opportunity. He had a full season to show me what he was working with. You know, Missy Elliott, show me what you're working with. Show me what you were. I said, Missy Elliott, show me what you're working with, little John. Show me what you're working with. And Drew Locke, he hasn't shown me what he was working with. He showed me that he has been the weak link out of the group offensively. So you have to get a, a quarterback if you're John Elway. Here's another report I saw from over the weekend, which did not make much sense to me. Apparently, Denver is eyeing Teddy Bridgewater. I really wouldn't like that because what's really the difference between a guy like him and a guy like Drew Locke? Like, I get it. He's safer. He throws yeah. less picks. But where is Teddy Bridgewater getting you? If Denver was in the AFC or the NFC East, like, okay, if you want to bring in Teddy Bridgewater, fine. Maybe he's good enough to win you that division. But, bro, 
Is Patrick Mahomes getting outscored by Teddy Bridgewater in a big game? Is Justin Herbert getting outscored by Teddy Bridgewater in a big game? No matter how good Denver's defense and weapons are, we know the answer is no. Well, you try to move up in the draft and get a quarterback. That's the best route. If you can't, for whatever reason, then getting a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, I think, is the safest bet because, yeah, he's not going to be spectacular, but we saw in New Orleans, in the perfect position, like I said, you brought it up partially when you started your statement, you don't believe in the coach, so we have to see how that pans out. But in the right situation, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, he's not going to wow you. He's not going to put up video game numbers, but he can win you games. He went to Patrick Mahomes' house on the Panthers. Had that field goal kicker made a 60-yard kick, they would have won that game in Patrick Mahomes' house. So, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is not flashy, but he can win you games. However, if you can move up and draft your quarterback, I believe you do that. If not, Teddy Bridgewater, yeah, is not the, you know, the American dream, but it is something that you can build off of and try to compete. Well, let me ask you this. If you're Denver, though, how urgent are you? Like, would you be feeling good about your quarterback situation next year if Teddy Bridgewater is your starter? Well, I think Teddy Bridgewater, getting a guy like Teddy Bridgewater is basically doing what the Washington football team is doing with Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's basically saying, yeah, we need a quarterback. We know we need a quarterback going the line, down the line. But let's buy this year out. But you see this, let's but put hold that on. on layaway. You know, like, right. but, but the Washington football team know that they need a quarterback. You know, Alex Smith wasn't the answer. He retired. Taylor Heineke, he showed me a little something, but he may not be the answer. All right, we still got that team that can compete and win the division. So let's get Ryan Fitzpatrick and let's buy us some time so we can draft the quarterback. I think the Denver Broncos – by getting Teddy Bridgewater, is saying, yeah, we know we need a quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer, but let's buy us some time before we get another the, quarterback. You see the difference, though, between those two situations. Like, Washington, they won the NFC East last year, and they were a great story, and they had a great season. But who were they competing with, bro? They had to win eight games to win that division. To win the AFC West and get to – like, look at, not only in the AFC West, but in the whole AFC, bro, Zach Wilson's going to be coming in. Let's say Justin Fields gets drafted by the Patriots. We have Baker Mayfield. We have Lamar Jackson. All of the good young quarterbacks are starting to come to the AFC. And if Denver doesn't have one, they're in big trouble. And if I'm them, I'm, I, I think I'm trying pretty hard they to trade up. The roster. They have the roster. Like I said before, we saw with Teddy Bridgewater, you know, like I said, he's not spectacular. He's not going to throw for 300 yards, but he's not going to turn the football over a lot. And you have a good defense. So all you need to do is put up points. You have a, a right. decent, so you have a decent field goal kicker. You get you some points on the board. You play good defense. And then you could win some games. Trying to go up against Kansas City is not easy. Even drafting a quarterback, they're not going to beat Kansas City regardless. But what they want to do is be able to compete and try to win some games and contend in that AFC West, which I believe they can having a better upgrade than Drew Locke. Well, right, no, right, and we're on the same page uh, with that, no doubt. But let me ask you this: uh, on a scale of one to ten, give me your urgency for Den if you're Denver and, and if you're John Elway to come out of Thursday's draft with a quarterback. Because for me, I'm thinking that urgent that level of urgency. Yeah, I would say like an eight or nine. And to be honest, like you're right in the sense that Teddy Bridgewater he could win you games, but at the same time, what what is winning seven or eight games getting you? If you're the Broncos, you know what I mean? I think that they need to say, look, we need to lock in on this film and say, we need to find the quarterback. Well, I would say this, Zach. I would say this. What's to say 
there's any there's going to be a difference with how many games Teddy Bridgewater wins you compared to a rookie in his first year in the NFL. That's why no, I said. Right, but, no, but if you're drafting a quarterback, you're not expecting him to win in year one. If you want, honestly, as a matter of fact, bro, I'll, I'll tell you what, if Denver drafts a rookie quarterback, bring in Teddy Bridgewater, make him the starter. Fine with me. That would be a fine plan. But I just don't think Denver could go into next season, like with Teddy Bridgewater as their only, uh, as their most likely option for the future, because Time's not time's a waste in here. Yeah, time's a waste, and you don't want to waste that good defense that you have. You know, it's like the Chicago Bears. Um, you know, of the last couple of years, they had a great defense in which, if they had the right quarterback, they could have won them a Lombardi Trophy or competed for one. And obviously, we all know what happened. They had to cut one of their best players. Guys are getting older. The time is ticking with them. But so the Kansas City, um, not not the Kansas City, the Denver Broncos is in that same boat. They have a great defense. Von Miller's only getting older but they still have some young talent. They do want to win now. So I would urge them to draft the quarterback. But in worst case scenario, if we do have to fall back on a veteran like Teddy Bridgewater, I think you can win some games with him. Not a Super Bowl, not, a, not the division, but you can win some games. Absolutely. So our last topic for today's show, we are going to continue with the draft. And this is a team that I feel like will every draft we talk about. This is a team that every draft they're going to want to be – the team that's in the news. You remember last year, as I mentioned, when the show first started uh, with the pandemic uh, and the virtual draft last year, of course, my guy, Jerry Jones makes his pick from his yacht. You know, that's just vintage Cowboys. So I have a question and that is, should the Cowboys draft a player on defense uh, with their number 10 overall pick, or would you draft the best player available? Will I'll have you start this one up. Look, me personally, to cut right to the chase, I think that the Cowboys, they know where their priorities lie. They know where they have needs, and I think they should fulfill those needs, which is on the defensive side of the ball. Look, Dak, Con- Dak Prescott, you gave him a contract that I believe he didn't deserve, but the quarterback market said otherwise, so he got paid. But um, look, we all know he could put up points. Last year, they, was, they had one of the best offenses when he was healthy, and guess what? They still was one in four. So I don't know what goes into the mindset of them saying, well, Kyle Pitts, you're falling to me. Let me take you because you're the best player available. Where do you think this is going to be? You're going to put up 50 to my 40? That's what you think is going to be every week? Because it clearly wasn't that last year because you was putting up 30, you was putting up 40, but you still lost. So it's not like, oh, I'm putting up, putting up 40 to your 30. It's not happening. So I think the Cowboys, they know they need to show up that defense to complement that offense that will put up points regardless if they drive Kyle Pitts or not. They're still going to put up points. You still got CeeDee Lamb. You still got Mike Gallup. You still, you still got Amari Cooper. And you got a Zeke. Hopefully he wakes up finally. You know, it's been a couple of years, Zeke. Where have you been? But you still have him. He's still reliable. He's still, you still could do dirt with him. So, look, you had the offense already. You had your quarterback, your quarterback of the future. So, you know what? Let's go on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe he was dead last last year, historically bad. We already got a good um, defensive coordinator that can help us out, but we need the pieces on that side of the ball to compete. So, if you're America's team come Thursday, you should be drafting based off need, not based on who's the best available. Yeah, dude, I agree 100%. 
I think that when you look at Dallas, what a lot of people forget is exactly what you said, that last year before the horrific injury, Dak was having a very good season. That offense was putting up points. And still, with that being said, they were not able to win football games. And when you look at this draft, the thing that I think helps Dallas is the sense that the it's looking like the top five, six, seven picks are going to be all offensive players. So if they want to improve that defense, it's looking like they could have, uh, you know, really anyone they want in this draft. There is no Chase Young. There is no Jadeveon Clowney in this draft, like an obvious defensive guy uh, that I would take. I think the guy for me that stands out is the cornerback from Alabama, Patrick Sertain. That would be the guy if I'm Dallas, I would target. Is it me, Will, or is he just the Dallas Cowboys type of draft prospect. I know they drafted uh, Trevon Diggs, Stefan's brother, uh, a corner from Alabama, same school, uh, a couple of years ago. And I think that, as you said, this defense, this past defense especially, they need as much help as they could get. Sean Lee actually retired today. Wanted to wish him a great career. He will be missed, uh, his leadership especially. So they're really going to have to fill those holes on the defensive side of the ball. You can only start somewhere. And you brought up, Sean Lee, he just retired today. So already a defense that had holes has even more holes. So that should be that Sean Lee is basically sending you a message. I'm retiring. Thursday is a couple days away. We need to focus on that side of the ball. But there's one thing I want to bring up too. A team that I think could use a guy like Kyle Pitts, and it's not the Cowboys because they're already good, is a team like the Falcons. And the reason why I say that is, yeah, I know they put up, you know, points last year in the last couple of years, but – from the rumors I heard about Julio Jones, let's say you trade Julio. You get you a lot of assets in return because there's a lot of teams that need Julio. Maybe the Ra- – not maybe. The Ravens need a Julio. Maybe the Patriots want to sneak up and get a Julio. You want to get assets in which you can build that defense. So, But you still want to replace some level of production from Julio. You go ahead and you draft Kyle Pitts, and you use that Julio Jones trade as assets that you can build that defense – so now you got Kyle Pitts and you got Calvin Ridley and you also got, you know, your running back and your quarterback, you know? But, yeah, I know people will probably say draft the quarterback. But if I'm the Falcons, I still think that they are a couple pieces, pieces away from competing in their division. They need to work on that defense. So I would, I would definitely highly consider trading away Julio Jones, who has an injury history, who hasn't been the same. Yeah, he's being double-teamed, but he hasn't been the same. Get some pieces in return build that defense, do the draft. But with that pick, that early pick in the top 10, I would draft Kyle Pitts. Yeah, dude. And I think when you look at Kyle Pitts, here's my only question. What does he need to be in the NFL for you to take him as the number four overall pick and say, wow, that was uh, the right pick. That was uh, the right selection for us. That's my only slight issue with it. Can you take a tight end? At number four overall. I think you can. And the reason why is because the tight ends these days in the NFL are useful. They do a whole lot of things. You know, it's not the tight ends that usually only block. They block, which is a bonus, help your offensive line, and they can catch. They can be a quarterback safety net. You know, the third downs, they can do a whole lot of things that makes them useful. You know, it's almost like the situations that we have when it comes to running backs and then being paid or not being paid. But if you have a Christian McCaffrey that can be a wide receiver and a running back, that's two jobs he's doing, you know, so he, he gets paid like that. So in this case with Kyle Pitts, we all know his brother's a talent. 
Me personally, I think he's the best player in the draft. I really do. I think that he's going to be a matchup nightmare. You add him along with Calvin Ridley in a already high-flying offense, I think he could do wonders wherever he's at. Yeah, dude, and I think there are a lot of teams that could use him, to be honest. I just think Atlanta's in a very interesting spot where they're they're in a season uh, with the first-year head coach, and at the same time, their quarterback, they're paying him a lot of money for the next two years, but at the same time, we don't necessarily know if for these next two years they're going to be able to win with him on the contract. Now, I think trading Julio, I agree with you, is the right move. That does also save them a lot of money in addition to getting whatever they would get back from Baltimore or whoever. But at the same time, dude, like, I just want to see what this Falcon team looks like. If they want to take Kyle Pitts, that's fine. If they want to take a defensive player, fine. If they even want to take a quarterback, if they love Trey Lance and they think he's the next big thing, that would be fine with me. I just think Atlanta needs to focus on building a new culture so they could just really forget about that Super Bowl. I, I still think it, it's going to haunt them, to be honest. Yeah, it's been haunting them. It's been haunting, it haunting them last year. You know, this is a team that yeah, it plays in your psyche. You know, if you come on the air, me and you, and we had five bad shows in a row, it starts to play in your psyche. Well, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. You know, so when the Falcons, you know, drop these big leads that they have during games, it starts to play in that in their psyche. So I do believe changing the culture is one thing. You know, you got yourself a, a head coach. Hopefully he can get y'all to buy in and change the culture. But I also do, do believe that the Falcons are in a space where they're in a very hard position because there's one thing to know that your team is tanking. Your team needs to, you know, draft well, get a quarterback, and to just rebuild. And there's another thing to be in the middle of a, a, a team like Atlanta that know they can put up points on anybody. They can go up in Kansas City like they did last year and had they know how to make a simple interception in the end zone, they can win that game, be up, what is it, 20 to 3. They was up by a couple touchdowns against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They know that they can give the best team in the NFL their best shot and still a game. But at the same time, the record or with the record, you know, the record is what the record is. So they're in that position where they know that they still can compete and they still, they just fresh off a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. It's still in their rearview mirror. But at the same time, Matt Ryan is getting older. Julio's getting older. Should we retool? Should we regroup? Should we, you know, rebuild? With the first year head coach, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And that's, that's why I ain't a GM because that's some hard decisions that they have to make. Yeah. Uh, so before we get out of here, Will, are there any other things you want to address uh, prior to this draft? One thing that has happened since we last recorded that I'll run by you real quick that I would love your opinion on. I actually really like the Sam Darnold trade for Carolina. I think Carolina is a team that I'm eyeing early next year as a possible uh, surprise playoff team. I think that Matt Rule did a really good job there last year in his first year, really proving himself as an NFL coach. They drafted all defense last year and they have spent money with on weapons with Robbie Anderson. They also drafted DJ Moore a couple years ago, who's turned into a real nice player. And Kristen McCaffrey was hurt last year. I love the direction the Carolina Panthers are going in. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I was definitely going to bring that up before we close. So, you know, the saying goes great minds think alike. But um, look, when it comes to Sam Donald, I think that was a perfect place. I think Sam Donald going to North Carolina is perfect for Sam Donald in particular because he's going to be placed in a situation where you got an offensive-minded head coach in Matt Rule. 
the the um the Panthers. He's no last Brady, year. Bro. You know, Joe we Brady. know you know what he could do with quarterbacks. The Panthers last year was very competitive in a lot of games. I know their record says one thing, but their their on the football field play was another. They went and gave their rivals like the Saints uh came down to a field goal. The Chiefs came down to a field goal. So this is a team that is a very sneaky team that if you're the Buccaneers or the Saints, you're not going to look at Carolina and say, oh, that's a walk in the park. Built that as a check. We're going to win that game. You know you're going to have to battle them for 60 minutes to come out with a victory. And I think with Sam Donald, his skill set, the talent around him, you also you got Christian McCaffrey. He's the do-it-all. He's the handy Randy. You also got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Who knows what happens? Maybe Kyle Pitts fall. Maybe they want to drive Kyle Pitts, give him another weapon. I don't know um, the direction they will go. Jamar Chase, bro. If they want to bring Jamar Chase. Yeah, or Jamie Waddle, yeah. And you have an opportunity, a fresh start in a new culture, unlike New York, where you actually given an opportunity to succeed. I think that's a perfect situation for Sam Donald. I know nobody likes to be demoted. Nobody likes to be fired, essentially. You could call that a firing. He got traded. Basically, you're fired for my job. But you have to know, does this benefit me for the next couple of years? You have to ask yourself that. And if you're Sam Donald, you have to look in the mirror and say, you know what? Yeah, the Jets gave up on me. They ain't believed in me. But I am going to a better situation in Carolina. All right. Well, I just wanted to say once again, thanks so much for joining me. It's always great to be back in the huddle and even over the last couple of weeks, as the uh, NCAA tournament has been coming to an end, as baseball has been starting up, we're starting to get closer and closer to football season. And these are the conversations I love to have. I'm already looking at this, uh, you know, all the opponents for next year for each and every team. We have a 17th game. That's another something that's been added that I'm uh, really looking forward to. And I'm already looking forward to week one, man. It's going to be great. Yes, sir. And I'm looking forward to this draft. Zach, this is one of the drafts that I am looking forward to the most. I probably can't remember in recent memory a draft that I have well, been so excited about. I was going to say last year, bro. I mean, I think last year at the top of the list for me, man, I, I just wanted to say, say that. thank you to the NFL draft uh, last year for, uh, you know, just giving us something to do, man. You know, it's much more different this year. It it's is. Not it is. But at least we have our fans back. So that's another added element, the fact that we know we're going to have fans. So we're going to have like a more traditional um, NFL draft. And we seem like we haven't had a traditional lifestyle, you know, with everything going on with COVID for a long time. So that's another reason why I'm, very, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely, bro. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, be back at it next week. Yes, sir. See you on the other side.